Thank you, Adam, for that song to remind us about how great God is and how little and how insignificant and how finite we are as human beings. Isn't that amazing? That he would love us so much as to want to have a personal relationship with us. And like we sang about in that song today, he walks with me and talks with me and tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Think about how great God is, and he loves us and has so much care for us in our lives. What a joy to be here this morning. Shall we just open in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you today for our Lord Jesus Christ, who came down as God manifested in the flesh and walked on this earth for 33 years and went to the cross and died for us. We thank you that he loved us so much he gave his body and he gave his blood, as we remembered this morning at the breaking of bread. And we pray now that we would remember how privileged we are to walk with you in this world, this world that is so dark and so sinful. Help us to be lights in this world, to walk with you, Lord, and to represent you. And we pray that you will hide me behind the cross, Lord, today, and that you will speak to our hearts through your word in a powerful and personal and practical way. And so we commit this time to you and thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Have you ever thought about life as being like an adventure? And you know, when we're born into this world the first time, we have human parents. And we come into this world and they're so thrilled to have a, a new baby born. But when we're spiritually born again, when we're born again, born from above, we're born into God's family, that's when the life really starts for us. That's when the adventure of the Christian life really begins. That God has a plan for you and for me, and he loves us, and he wants to walk with us, and he wants to be with us through our whole Christian walk. He's there for us in every difficulty and every trial and every experience and he's with us in the good times that he shares with us as well and the easy time that we go through but it is a journey and in life we're going to have bumps and bruises aren't we in life we're going to have some trials and tribulations we're going to have some hardships and happenings that occur to us but the lord is with us and that's the joy of it. That's where we get the joy from, is to know that the Lord is with us. In Spanish, and for our Spanish speakers here this morning, there's a beautiful phrase that says this, Vaya con Dios. Eddie, what is that? Um, go with God. Go, go with God. God. That's exactly what it means. Go with God. I don't know if you've heard that expression, but it's so true of what it's like when we receive Jesus Christ as Savior. We walk with him, and he walks with us. And he promises to be with us and to take care of us and love us through our whole Christian journey in life. And we're so thankful for that. So the title of our message is simply, Go With God. Go with God every day. From the time we wake up in the morning until the time we put our head on the pillow and go to sleep, go with God. Let him lead us and guide us in life. And he will. Someone once said, life is not meant to be a solo adventure. God wants to make the trip with you. You are to go with God. It's so true. 
Life with the Lord can be a beautiful life. It can be a bountiful life. It can be a blessed life. But sometimes we get in the way. Our pride, our stubbornness, our will interferes with what God wants us to do. But when we're surrendered to Him, and we're walking with Him, and letting Him lead our lives, there's victory in that. There's such encouragement in that. And you go to work, and you're going to meet people that are so down, and there's so many things to be down in this world. But we have a spring in our step, and a smile on our face, and a joy in our heart, because we have the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we can go with God. And we can be encouraged every single day. If you turn in your Bibles, and Ed will put the verses up from Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verses 1 to 8, we read the scriptures there where Moses had been the leader. He had been the one who brought them out of Egypt. He was the redeemer. He brought them out. And now he's passing the torch to Joshua. He's saying, Joshua, the Lord has told me I'm not going to take the people in. Because we remember, the Lord had told him, speak to the rock. But Moses was so angry with the people of Israel, and I would have been angry with them too, because they, were a, they complained, they murmured, they wanted to go back to Egypt, nothing ever pleased them. He got so angry, he took that, that, <laughs> that rock, and he smote the rock really hard, and out came the water from the rock. But the Lord said, Moses, that's not the way. That's not the way. And because you've done that, I'm not going to have you take the people into the promised land. It's going to be Joshua that's going to do it. He's going to be responsible for taking them in. And so Moses is speaking here to Joshua, and he's giving him the word of the Lord, and he's giving him the instructions. Now it's your turn. And that was a big responsibility. So let's look at, Joshua, at the, what happened here in Deuteronomy chapter 31. Verses 1 to 8. It says, Then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel and said to them, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. Also, the Lord has said to me, You shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites and their land, when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you, that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage, and do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear and be dismayed. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts this morning. What an encouragement. He spoke these words to all Israel, to all the people, and yet it was specifically designed to encourage Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. And just like this message went out to 
the people of Israel, and it went out to Joshua, it goes out to us today in the year 2015. That the Lord says to us these three things. He says, I go before you. I am with you. And third, I will never leave you nor forsake you. These three promises in this passage really encourage my heart because we go out into the world of challenges and opportunities and obstacles and all kinds of things, and we need to remember we don't go out alone. We don't go out by ourselves. The Lord is with us, and he will never leave us nor forsake us. I like what Isaac Watts once said. He said, within the circling power I stand, on every side I find thy hand. Awake, asleep, at home, abroad, I am still surrounded by my God. And he is. He's with us. He's above us. He's at our side. He's in our hearts. And praise be to God, he's there for us every day. The first promise that we see in this passage is he says, I will go before you. And this is really beautiful. Have you ever thought, you have a big meeting to go to tomorrow? Big. All the big managers are going to be there. It's kind of intimidating. And you've prepared for it, but you're not going out and doing it alone. The Lord is going to go before you, and he's going to work it out. He's going to soften hearts, and he's going to prepare it. And whether you do the same thing with school, you students that go to school, the Lord is going to go before you, and he's going to prepare that test. He's going to prepare that exam, and he's going to help you with it. He's going to be there as you take it. He's going to be with us every step of the way. And the Lord wants to lead us, and he wants to guide us, and he wants us to walk with him. In Exodus chapter 13 and verses 21 and 22, we see how the Lord showed his presence with the Israelites visibly. Visibly showed the presence. And it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and by night. And he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. What an amazing thing. Wouldn't that have been great to be there and see that pillar of cloud that was there? And we know that when the pillar of cloud stopped, they stopped and made camp. And when the pillar of cloud moved, they moved. They were fully surrendered to the Lord's will in moving them. And at night, the pillar of fire was there. And when it was time to move, the pillar of fire would move. And it was time to pack everything up and go. They were on a journey to the promised land. And we as believers are on a journey to the promised land of heaven. And we're going to go through some wilderness experiences here on earth too. But we're not alone. The Lord is with us. And he's right there to comfort us and guide us, to wipe away our tears, to give us strength to keep going. And it's such a blessing to remember that. It reminds me of the situation that Jacob went through and he, he found that the Lord went before him because he was going back home and he had to meet up with his brother Esau. And Esau wasn't very happy with him because he had taken away Esau's birthright. He had done that and he had taken away his blessing. He lost that too. And Esau was so angry he wanted to kill him. So uh, 
Rachel arranged for, Joshua, uh, for Jacob to go to her family there, and we know the story. He got married, he had kids, and they came back, and all that. But now he's going to meet Esau for the first time. So he says to his servants, go meet my brother Esau and tell him that we're coming back, we're coming home, we're coming over. So he says, okay, and take a present with you to give to him. Well, they go along and they, they find that Esau is already on the way. And he's got 400 men with him, armed men, I'm sure. And he, terror just gripped his heart. He just didn't know what to do. And so he started making all these preparations and all these plans, what he's going to do and how he's going to line up the family so some of them could at least escape if they were being attacked. And, and that night, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And we know the story how he wrestled with the Lord in the chapter 32. And so when he went out to meet Esau, he didn't know what was going to happen. But the Lord had gone before him and softened the heart of Esau so much that when they finally met each other, Esau starts to weep, he hugs him, and it's like they were back as best brothers again. Unbelievable. That wasn't man. That was God. And he can go before us, and he can take a situation that looks so tough, so bad, so ugly, and turn it around into a blessing. That's because he goes before us. And that is such a great thing. There's another example of that, how the Lord went before Gideon. The Lord chose Gideon to be, the, to be the leader, to be the judge who would deliver Israel from the Midianites. And Gideon says, who, me? I'm nothing. I'm a nobody here. I, and they were so scared of the Midianites in those days, they had to hide everything from them because they took their, their weapons, they took their food, they took their possessions, everything away. And so Gideon didn't know how this was going to work out, but the Lord says, you, Gideon, are a mighty warrior, and you're going to deliver Israel. I am? Well, Lord, he says, if this is the case, I want to put out the fleece. Remember the story of the putting out of the fleece, and he puts it out, and the Lord does it exactly how he says that the dew is going to be on the fleece, and it's not going to be on the ground. And then he turns around and says, well, could you do it the other way, Lord, just, just to make sure that this is really your will here? So then he does it the other way, and the Lord proves himself again. The Lord's so patient with him. He's so patient with us, isn't he? And so then he says, well, Lord, that's pretty convincing. Yes, I, but boy, if I just had a sign, if I could just have a sign, he says, okay. Follow me. And so bring your servant Pura and go down to the camp of the Midianites and you're going to see a sign. So he goes down to the camp of the Midianites and there he hears, overhears two men talking. Two men in the camp. Two soldiers in the camp. And one is telling him about a dream he had and how this big boulder comes rolling through the camp and destroys everything. And the other man says, well, this dream is this is an interpretation. This is Gideon. This is Gideon. And he's come down, and the Israelites are going to destroy the whole camp of the, of the Midianites. Okay, Lord, finally I surrender. Finally I surrender. So Gideon goes with his men, and they win the victory through the power of the Lord. But it just goes to show that the Lord can go before us, and he can turn things into a great blessing. He really can. Because in, in Judges chapter 16 and verse 14, it says, There is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, into his hand. God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. Amen. 
and it was a great victory. How many times have we been in difficult situations where we have had nowhere to turn? We don't know which way to go. We don't know how it's going to ever work out. And yet the Lord is there with us. He said, I'm with you. I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to take you through it. And I'm even going to go ahead of you and prepare the way so the journey will be successful. What a blessing it is. Someone once said, God is before me. He will be my guide. God is behind me. No ill can be tied. God is beside me to comfort and cheer. God is around me. So why should I fear? Well, why do we fear? That's a good question, right? Why do we fear when we have the Lord with us? Because we have that human nature that gets anxious, that gets worried, that gets troubled, gets fearful. And that's why time and time again, the Lord has to give us his word in the scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament. Don't fear, I'm with you. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to work it out for you. If you look over at Psalm 121 and verse 8, and it's a beautiful psalm, you can go home and read the whole thing, but it, it, it's really showing that the Lord is present with us everywhere. And it says in Psalm 121 and verse 8, The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I thought, wow, Lord, that's pretty, that's pretty great. You're with me when I go out, and you're with me when I come back. That's a, that's a great thing. We get up in the morning, we go out, we come back at night because the Lord is with us and he's walking with us and we go forward. And yet so many times, Lord, I can't handle it. I can quit. I'm going to give up. There's no way. And the Lord says, I'm with you. I am with you and I go before you. Secondly, he says he is with us. And that was encouraging to Joshua because he wouldn't have Moses to lean on anymore. Moses had been his mentor. Moses had been his discipler. He had been his teacher. He had been with Moses for this whole journey, and all of a sudden, Moses is going to be going away. And now, Joshua, you've got to put into practice what you learn. You know, that's the amazing thing, and I think it brings more joy to our leaders, to our pastor, to Sylvia, who teaches the women and everything. Isn't it bringing great joy to them when they see us walking? When they see us walking with God and obeying the truth and, and praying and reading his word and being victorious Christians, that brings great joy to them. And it was going to bring joy to the heart of God, and it would bring joy to Moses too, because I'm sure Moses was going to follow his progress, but he's up and with the Lord, but he's going to be thinking of Joshua. So that's the promise to us, that God is with us. And over in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, there's such an encouraging verse to Joshua. And it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord is with you wherever you go. The Lord is with you just on Sunday. Did it say that? The Lord is with you just on Wednesday night when you come to Bible study. Doesn't say that. The Lord is just with you when you come to Friday groups? No. He says, wherever you go. He even told him, wherever you put your feet, wherever you put your footsteps, I'm going to give you victory there. And he gave him victory after victory because he walked with God and he led the people to walk with the Lord. You know, we can count on the promises of God. We really can because God has a 100% track record of fulfilling every promise He's given to us. 
And the promises that are left in the word that haven't been fulfilled yet, we know they're going to happen. And my favorite promise yet to be fulfilled, right, Sylvia? The rapture. That is the promise that the Lord's going to take us home to heaven and we're going to go up in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and we're going to be with him. That's a promise. That is a promise. But when we go with God, we go with him in his strength. When we go with God, we go with him in his wisdom. We need his wisdom. When we go with God, we go with his word. We need his word every day. And when we go with God, we go in his will, knowing what he has for us to do. That's pretty amazing. Someone once said, if God is on our side, what matters who is against us? And that is so true. That's exactly what Paul said in Romans 8.31. He says, if God be for us, who can be against us? And there really can't be, because the Lord is with us. Even the Lord Jesus at the last time he was with his disciples, he gave them the promises, they gave him the word, and he said in Matthew 28, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's how long I'm going to be with you. It's hopeful. It's joyful. It's really, really encouraging. But you know, we go to a lot of places, don't we? We got up this morning. We went with God, didn't we? We came to church. Go with God, come to church. But tomorrow morning, Monday morning, we're going to have to get up and go to work. So we're going to go with God to work. And he's going to go with us. He's not going to stay home and say, you're on your own. Go ahead and go off to work. He's going to be with us. And we're going to go with God when we go to school, too. It's great. And we're going to go with God when we go on errands and chores. We're going to go with God. How about when you go on vacation? And we all love to go on vacation. Go with God. You know, when we go on vacation, it's so amazing. We always start with prayer. And Adel prays for us, and he usually prays the same prayer each year. And it's such a blessing. He prays that the Lord will go with us and visit us and take us safely to our destination. And it's a great prayer, and we have it every time. And the Lord has been faithful to taking us on vacation and giving us a wonderful time. And he does that. And when we go with God and we put him first, you think he's going to give you a bad vacation? He's going to give you a good vacation. He's going to give you a good time because he's with us. And that's the best vacation to go on is when the Lord is in it. When we start making our plans and say, well, Lord, I don't think you're going to like where we're going this time, then you know you're going to the wrong place, right? Wrong place. If we can't go somewhere and feel comfortable that the Lord is with us, we're going to the wrong place. We shouldn't be going to that place. The Lord wants to go with us, and he says, I'm going to go with you, but you've got to go in holiness and righteousness before me. One of my favorite verses, and I've mentioned it so many times, is Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10, because it has five promises in one verse, and it's so fantastic. And here, the Lord is saying this to the, to the, to the prophet and to us as well. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. You can ask yourself, where are you going this morning? Where are you going in your life? If you don't have the Lord Jesus in your life, wherever you're going, it's not a good place. Because none of us are assured of tomorrow. We don't even know whether anything could happen to us later today. If we're not saved, we need to be saved today and not take the chance. 
And he wants to walk with us and he wants to be with us and give us the best life. But sometimes life is going to be difficult, it's going to be dangerous, and it's going to not be so easy and so fun in life, but he's going to be there for us. But the Lord never says this. He never says, well, sorry, Dean, you're on your own. No, he doesn't treat us like orphans. He treats us like sons, like children, like people of God. We're his people, and he loves us so much. And God takes ownership of us. Have you ever thought of that? God takes ownership of us. And the devil's not going to be able to do anything to us that God doesn't allow. And he's going to protect us and be with us and walk with us. And that's the encouraging thing. And that's why the psalmist said in Psalm 139 and verse 7, he said, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? We can't. The Lord is with us everywhere. You know, when you think of the Apostle Paul, even the Apostle Paul got discouraged. He even was concerned about some of the circumstances he was going through because in Acts chapter 18, there was all kinds of things going on there in Corinth. And the Lord spoke to him in Acts chapter 18 and verse 10. He says, For I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. You know, we got pretty discouraged. I got pretty discouraged this week when they had this survey about how Fewer and fewer people are Christians in the United States. It used to be not that long ago that 8 out of 10, 80% were to identify themselves as being Christian. Now it's down to 70%. But even though that can get us a little discouraged, that still means 7 out of 10 people still consider themselves Christians. Now they may not be truly born again, but it's still that way. But it is sad to see so many that grow up nowadays that don't know the Lord. They don't know about the Lord. They know nothing of the Bible. They've never been to a Sunday school class. They've never heard the true, pure gospel. And we have to be those who patiently share with them. And that's what he wants us to do. So go with God. Remember, he goes before you. And remember, he goes with you. And that is the encouraging thing. And then our final point, our final promise in this passage is he will never leave us nor forsake us. I love that. And it's, it's mentioned again in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 also that he will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, in life, sometimes you may have friends that leave you and forsake you. You may have family members that leave you and forsake you. You may have people that you grew up with and so forth and people at work and people at school and they used to want to be your friend, but now they don't sit with you anymore. They don't talk to you anymore and it's, it's hard. That even happened to, to that great king, David, in the Old Testament. He even felt the sting of being abandoned, the sting of being uh, turned against and he felt it. And in, in Psalm 27, in verse 10, this is what he says. He says, when father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. You know, we may not have much. We may not have that many people around us in this world, but we always have the Lord. And, you're, and people today get very lonely, very lonely. People that are home, they can't go out anywhere. They're shut in and so forth. But even if we are in that situation, we're never really alone because the Lord is with us. He's promised to be with us. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. 
It's like the hymn writer that said, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. And the Lord wants us to walk with him. He wants us to, to count on him. He wants us to trust in him when we go through some difficult experiences of life. Sometimes we lose our health. Sometimes we lose our job. Sometimes we lose different things in this world. But the Lord says, I'm still with you. And these folks that, that we were mentioning today about people in Nepal, and we mentioned people that go through hurricanes and tornadoes and different things, one day their home is there, and then the tornado comes and just blows it right away. Everything's gone. All their possessions, everything's gone. But they don't lose their life. They say their lives are saved, and they're always, you hear them saying, I'm thankful to be alive. Even if we lost everything but still had the Lord, we'd still be rich. We really would, because having the Lord with us is the best thing that we can have. And he's promised, I will go before you. Lord, even on Monday morning, even on Monday morning, he'll go before us. He'll go before us to prepare the way. He'll go before us to soften hearts so that we can deal with situations. And haven't we found out in our lives the thing that we were so worried about was going to happen that next day didn't even happen. Or if it did, it was such a minor thing. We were expecting this big whale, right? This big, huge whale or this killer whale. And it came out to be a little tiny minnow, a little tiny fish. God can turn it. God can turn it. But even if we do face that difficulty, we face it with his grace and we face it with his presence because he's gone before us. And secondly, he goes with us. He is with us and he will be throughout our whole lives, our lives. And finally, he will never leave us nor forsake us. It's, 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 it's reassuring, it's encouraging to know that the Lord is there for us every single day. So these are promises. These are things that we can do. And we can remember he's with us in our going out and he's with us with our coming in. He's with us in the joys of life and the sorrows of life. He's with us when we go through hardships and he's with us when we go through beautiful, easy seasons of rest. But let's remember, the Lord has promised, I will be with you. We're going to sing a hymn now. We're going to ask Gloria to come up and she's going to play it for us. And Ed graciously put it on the screen. This song is not found in our red hymn book or our black hymn book. This hymn is found in our old red hymn book for those who were at the church back in the days of the Grange Hall. That was a long time ago. And we used to sing it then. And I remember singing it as a young man many years ago as well. It's entitled, No, Never Alone. It's entitled, Never Alone. And it's such a beautiful song that we're going to sing it together. And Gloria is going to play it for us. And then we're going to have the words up so we can all sing it. One thing I want to note about it, first of all, as I mentioned it before, this hymn, we don't know who wrote it in terms of the music, and we don't know who wrote it in terms of the, of the uh, words either. It's totally anonymous, completely.
remember hearing this maybe years? Okay, good. All right, all together. How many times discouraged when safe beside the way about us all is darkness we hardly dare to pray. Then from the midst of shadows the sweetest voice are known says child am I not with thee never to leave thee alone no never alone no never alone he's promised never to leave me to heaven we could thank the hymn writer who wrote that hymn or who wrote the melody and the music but we say dean you don't know who who wrote the words and you don't know who who wrote the music but guess what we will find out in heaven and won't it be a blessing if we say we sang your song on that date on that date in san ramon in 2015 and what a blessing it will be 
on May 17, 2015, to sing this song. We'll find out who the writer is. It's really a blessing when we serve the Lord sometimes anonymously, and nobody knows who did it. The Lord gets all the glory. Amen. And I'll look forward to meeting that hymn writer. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Father, we're so thankful for these wonderful, reassuring words to our hearts that you will go before us, Lord. And we face some storms in life, but we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're the captain of the ship and you're with us along the way. And we thank you, Lord, that you walk with us and talk with us. You protect us, you guide us, and you take care of us every day. And we thank you that you're with us, Lord. And you've promised until the end of the age to be with us every single day. And we thank you that you've promised to never leave us nor forsake us. How encouraging it is. Yes, no, never alone. Never alone with Jesus. And so we're thankful for today, Lord. Please take us home safely. Help us to meditate on these things and be encouraged that we are not orphans in this world, but we're with our God who loves us. And so we thank you and praise you in the precious name of our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.